Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cat Builder Talks Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today, helping you build the capacity to change your life, helping you to walk in your purpose. A lot of things are going on right now. We're all trying to learn how to take care of ourselves in new ways. But I'm getting a lot of questions. The three main questions I'm getting from everyone that calls me is, number one, what am I going to do to find assistance to keep my business going? The second question, I know what the government is doing on a national level. I get confused sometimes. I look at one news channel, I hear this. I look at another news channel, I hear that. But what's happening on a local level? And how can I use the internet to grow my business? These are the main questions I'm getting. And we're going to help you with that on today's show. Now, speaking of today's show, right now I'm on Monday evenings, 7 to 8 p.m. But my plan is to increase the number of shows that I do. There's so many topics that people are asking me about. So if you'll send me emails on topics that you're interested in, or comment on Facebook. And if you're an expert on these topics, I may have you on the show. But what I want you to do is to inform me as to what you need. Because I know the people that can bring you the information. So on the show today, I'm going to try to answer those three questions. On the Cat Builder Minute, if I can get the man in the house, Lonnie Sabor from Invest Atlanta is going to be here to discuss some of the relief programs we keep hearing about, but more specifically, the loan programs that Invest Atlanta is offering to help people. Then on Just the Facts, I got John Moy and Kirk Thompson. He's an attorney, former state senator, and current candidate for the chairperson of the Gwinnett County Board of Commissioners. They're going to be here just to discuss the health and physical crisis facing our region and some of the things we need to be focused on in order to be prepared for what's going to happen. And then the, I'm going to do the Capitol interview tonight is going to be with Kevin C. Pride. He's the CEO of Influencer 365, a digital strategy and content production company, one of the top ones here in Atlanta. He's also the publisher of the ABJ Digital. But he's going to be here how to discuss developing and exploding your digital media strategy. Right now, everything's digital. 
But if you don't know what you're doing out there, right now everybody's doing Facebook live posts and preaching and putting out information. How are you going to cut through all that noise? So I'm going to go to break. And I think I'm going to come back and start with just the facts so we can find out about what do we do about the health and physical crisis facing our region. So this is Mark Parham, Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. I'm going to go to break. And when I come back, we're going to start out with just the facts. Bring you information that you need to know in order to control what's going on around you. Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. I'll be back in a moment. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Okay, I just sent you a text on what number to call in on to your cell phone. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. This segment is on Just the Facts with John Moore. John, how you doing this evening? Good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Up here, uh, 
doing that social distancing thing, trying to keep everything in control. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching everything, man. I'm watching everything. That's right. So what, what about yourself? Oh, listen, uh, the, the same thing, you know, just, uh, you know, just uh, trying to, you know, social distance and just hanging out with the, with the family where everyone's working from home and just trying to just uh, stay safe. You know, uh, I don't have anybody at home, but uh, I was talking to my brother earlier today, and he was like, his wife and his son are looking at him like, are you ever going to leave? This used to be our time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he feels like an invader uh, in his own household. Okay. Now. He says he even stays downstairs, and when he comes upstairs, they stop talking and just look at him like, what are you doing here? So, uh, I feel but, that's right. Yeah. So, anyways, tonight you have a great guest. Let's talk about what you guys are going to talk about. And he's on the line, so you can bring him in whenever you desire. Sure, uh, sure. So let me just start uh, start at the beginning. Um, you know, so uh, um, Kurt Thompson needs no introduction. He's a a real leader here in our state uh, of Georgia, and particularly in our county. He's an attorney, former state senator, and currently running for chairperson of the Gwinnett County uh, Board of Commissioners. And my good friend Kurt Thompson. Kurt, are you there? Yeah, I am. And thanks for the introduction. Absolutely. So, so, so really, so we're going to begin, Kurt. To, you know, and and Mark just talking about really, you know, the state of the union. And again, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the State of the Union, uh, unfortunately, is, is somewhat in crisis. I mean, the markets were down again today. The Dow's down, NASDAQ, S&P. And as we speak, the House and uh, the Senate, I should say, you know, certainly negotiating this $1.92 trillion emergency stimulus package. And so uh, it seems to uh, a lot certainly going on. And then I don't know if you're familiar, uh, there was some news, I guess, that the Attorney General, uh, I guess the Justice Department was looking to sort of invoke some sort of uh, – Extraordinary power was really people civil liberties. That's right. So, 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 I'm going to just let you chime in, uh, Kurt. I, I was a little concerned about that, but uh, you know, what what's your take on on, on where we are, um, and uh, particularly with respect to Corona? Well, with respect to Corona, sure. I mean, I, I guess one of the concerns I have, you know, being as we are in a red state, we're looking at how you know a Trump supporter is reacting, you know, in Brian Kemp in terms of how he's trying to handle the crisis or not handle the crisis in the same way Trump is by pretty much leaving it up to the counties and leaving it up to the cities, which, and doing everything as, as little as possible. Uh, he calls news conferences a lot, uh, Kemp has done, uh, but he has not done a lot to actually try and mitigate this. And we have uh, the fourth highest, we are, we're the 10th highest infection rate but the fourth highest fatality rate here in Georgia. And so it leads me to believe that we're not taking it that seriously, not as seriously as, say, states like New York or California or, uh, or Illinois or Washington State have done. Um, and that concerns me because if we don't flatten the curve, you know, it's flattened or be flattened kind of thing. That's right. It was interesting. It was an interesting article this morning that came out. Um, there's a, a physician um, – at Emory uh, University uh, Hospital, and uh, the physician was basically indicating that if we, you know, that the point of no, re uh, the state of Georgia is certainly uh, at the point it's of no return. Almost. And if we don't take some sort of action now, we're certainly going to miss that window. So it's certainly yeah, concerned for we will get overwhelmed. And, I, and I'm concerned and we're about that with our own county, where you and I are. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, you failed to mention you're also running for office, but we're both running for office in a county that has. Um, 
done very little in this area. If you look at the executive order signed by Michael Thurman in DeKalb County, it's pretty extensive, and it involves the the county going out and trying to access relief dollars to help small businesses in DeKalb County. Uh, We don't have anything coordinated with – we have more cities than any other state in the – in the in sorry we have more cities than any other county in georgia we've done no coordination with our counties and we're not doing any sort of attempt to access our you know the dollars that we can access to help the small businesses and the individuals here in our communities in the way the cab county is doing and it seems that we we did declare a state of emergency but it was Mm -hmm. basically a it's a piece of paper that doesn't appear to be doing a lot It's, it's declaring a state of emergency after the president declared one, after the governor declared one, but it doesn't seem to have any teeth in it. It doesn't seem to have a plan. And one of the things that we've got to have going forward, I mean, hopefully, you know, we're not dealing with this after November, um, but for whatever the next crisis will be, because there will always be another crisis someday that we have a better preparedness plan and that we actually, you know, make these emergency orders mean something because I'm afraid that Gwinnett County is going to get hit hard as well, as well as our state, because the point of no return is rapidly approaching, as you pointed out. I agree. It was interesting. I I was on a call this morning with uh, some very prominent uh, business leaders here in our state. And um, I I guess uh, when we we were taking a look at that stimulus package, it's it's my understanding that about $350 billion dollars uh, you know, certainly uh, of 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 the of the package will, will be allocated for banks. So, in other words, you know, the SBA won't be, won't actually be you know it'll be sort of distributed throughout the, uh, in terms of 10,000 banks you know nationally, where uh, small business owners yep. can certainly go to access um, you know access to capital and, and loans. But 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 let me ask you something, just in, in terms of a regional perspective. You know, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all been glued to the television looking at uh, Governor Cuomo. Uh, certainly do a stellar right. job just in terms of disseminating information. But what is it that, uh, uh, whether we live in Gwinnett or DeKalb, what should people know right now, you know, in, certainly from your estimation, what is it that they should know right now in terms of protecting themselves and, and moving about? I think the the biggest thing is, you know, know whether you're in an at-risk population. That's someone who's, you know, immunocompromised, if you're over 55, if you um, have lung disease, if you've been exposed to someone with COVID, if you're awaiting a COVID test, I mean, we had that problem in our Georgia State Senate where someone who had gotten tested for COVID still managed to show up for work and exposing other people. Now you've got three state senators infected. Um, but knowing that and then engaging in the social distancing and, and making that real, and that doesn't mean go hang out in a big group in a park. Big groups, right. you know, it, you know, I mean, I, I understand humans are social creatures. Um, we want to hang out. You know, that's why you know, no offense, it's sort of like I, I saw Jasmine Clark, a state rep from uh, Lilburn. Not only did she do a taz, town hall meeting, but she also had sort of a Zoom party where she had some folks get together online to dance and play music and, and kind of hang out virtually. You may have to do that. I understand the need to be social as human beings, and, and we're certainly social creatures, but, but we've got to adapt at least for not, you know, a week or two. This is not, you know, this is not the snowpocalypse. This is more like, you know, a winter storm. I mean, it's a long winter storm where we're going to be in for weeks um, if we're going to try and get past this. And I think that folks are going to have to adapt. It will, there will be a new normal after this. It won't last forever. Um, but, but for now we've got to engage in that and there are ways to adapt. That's, I think the main things people need to know is to, you know, use common sense and, you know, when in doubt, so, you know, keep your distance. That's right. 
Uh, a, a next question for me, just you know, just to, you know, and you certainly have extensive uh, experience, certainly as an attorney, and certainly in state government. But taking a look at this stimulus package uh, in terms of uh, const- your constituents, um, sure. Uh, and certainly statewide, what is it that we need to do? In other words, what would you like to see? Uh, how could we benefit, or what would you like to see uh, um, from that package that certainly would benefit our 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 well, folks I here? I think the biggest thing is that the the biggest things that we need to have, we probably do need to have those guaranteed basic income payments, especially mm-hmm. to folks in lower income brackets. I mean, the way it seems to be written by Mitch McConnell's folks was the more money you made, the more stimulus you got, and that. That isn't exactly in keeping with the way America works. Um, if you're rich, you're probably you can probably float that mortgage payment for a month. If you're low income, you can't. And so I think they had that backwards. I, the, I do think that there's probably going to have to be at least three months of some kind of basic income to folks so that you can cover bills. It's not going to be like a stimulus like during the 2007-2008 crash where – it was hopefully injecting money in the con- in the economy. This is to keep people in their homes, in their cars, mm-hmm. keep food on the table. Um, and then I think that the emphasis, you know, a lot of this is, oh, they don't, they want to give huge bailouts to big companies and the airlines, but everyone else is getting loans. And I think that we need to take a serious look at making some of, especially for small businesses, a lot of these quote unquote loans to get through this crisis may need to be grants. I mean, just that simple. Um, I otherwise, agree. I agree. you know, in a, in a, in a restaurant, the, the restaurant industry in Gwinnett County is, is getting hit hard because those are such, and the construction industry, those are like, uh, and then by construction industry, I'm not talking about the big contractors, you know, the mm-hmm. Jacobis and stuff. I'm talking about the small guys that are running the sheetrock business, the carpenters that do the framing, the folks that do the plumbing, these small businesses, they have small profit margins, especially the restaurants and the small retail shops. They they can't uh, their credit is usually pretty maxed out to start with, okay. Yep. Um, and if you add a loan on top of that, that they've got to repay back, they're never going to crawl out of it. Then you're just sort of what you're doing is you're just prolonging how long it takes them to die. You're not actually saving right. the business. And I think they that we have it. to look at small business grants, especially to keep our small businesses, the retail establishments and the restaurant establishments open, and some mm-hmm. of the smaller construction businesses, like I said, the framing companies, the plumbing companies, the contractors that do the sheetrock, because those are the folks, that, the roofers, those are the ones whose businesses are getting hit the hardest, those in the restaurants, restaurants and nightclubs, you know. And, and, and let's just shift for a minute, you know, what, you know, one of my, you know, I've spent a, a lot of time uh, certainly in workforce development and, and working for various agencies, and um, a, a sticking point uh, during the last recession was unemployment insurance, and a lot of states just simply got slammed in terms of UI. Right. I know there's some talk sure. about, uh, you know, putting a, a tremendous amount of money um, uh, in terms of uh, covering a, a, a UI thing about about 250 billion dollars. But talk about mm-hmm. that. Let's, let's go back. I, you know, I, I think this one of the sticking points with Senator Schumer and with uh, Senator McConnell was the was in terms of the extension of payments. I, I personally believe. You know, right now I believe it's about three months, but I think it has to be expanded, perhaps to six months, or perhaps even outward in terms of a year, uh, based on what we're actually facing. And I don't think we know what we don't know. So, you know, what's your right. thoughts? I in mean, terms I think of that we need to insurance? give them. You know, instead of giving flexibility to Mnuchin to make slush fund, you know, payments yeah, so to that. campaign donors, I think that we need. You know, because they're talking about giving him this fund where he gets to decide what to do with it. It, you know, the decision should be how long. Can we make 
the payments to how long is unemployment benefits. But, you know, I, I can't believe we're arguing over whether or not there should, you know, how quickly to allow stock buybacks from all this money. You know, I mean, that shouldn't be on the table at all. Stock buybacks should not be on the table at all. You know, it's as, I mean, it's as if we haven't learned small businesses, then it's not going to work. That's right. That's right. I agree. I agree with you on that. And listen, yeah. now, uh, quickly before before we wrap up, I, I just wanted to, to talk sure. to you, certainly as an attorney. I think all of us were shocked, uh, and certainly within the Beltway, when uh, there was talk about the Justice Department <laughs> taking some sort of extraordinary measure. So can you talk to folks about that? Uh, I know a lot of folks have sort of missed them, but uh, you know, what's well, your think, understanding on that? Sure. So Bill Barr, the, the U.S. Attorney General, had basically made a was making a proposal that he be given the ability uh, to ask courts directly to um, essentially waive the – to go back to almost the Civil War era where they waived the habeas corpus rule so you could hold people in jail – so you could confine yep. people. Um, you know, you've got a president on the one hand who doesn't seem to want a quarantine, but Bill Barr is certainly willing to go to court to say, hey, I would like to have the authority to detain people you know, and detain people indefinitely under the excuse of the coronavirus. Um, luckily, that would have to go through Congress, and I don't think it's going to get you – know, that, that's a non-starter in the House. Um, so I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But the very fact that he's talking about it just shows his – completely different mindset i mean you talk about the authoritarian government streak yep. and, and his sort of belief in that strong unitary executive which is you know the state is i kind of stuff from the old french king's days i mean bill barr is a big subscriber to that and so it's one reason we need a different president it's definitely one reason we have to keep the house in democratic hands um because even though i don't think that proposal is going to go very far just the very fact that that proposal is out there and being talked about and and in some circles in right-wing media, it's being talked up um, at, you know, as, a, as a way to, quote-unquote, deal with the crisis. I'm afraid that, it may, that they may define crisis as dealing with political opponents at some point, and that's what scares me is because that's a slippery slope to be going down. It is. I don't think it's going to go anywhere now, but, but that's why we have to be ever vigilant in this November election. I agree. And, 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 you know, and talking about November, how has that, this crisis changed the landscape? I, I know it was somewhat of a competitive race, and, um, you know, in terms of Bernie and Joe, and, you know, you know from your perspective, has it changed the, uh, the race at all? And, and if so, how so? Well, I think the primary, to be honest, is, is, is and this is no offense to my friends who support Bernie Sanders, it's, um, it's, I think it's pretty much over. You know, I mean, I don't. You've got several primaries that have gotten postponed. I think that you're you're looking at Biden as a de facto nominee now. I wish that Biden, if, if I'm just you know, just between you and me, I wish that Biden were being sure. active and was <laughs> a ghost friends, for the next. Right. You know, just between friends, and not that anyone else would be listening in. <laughs> I, I worry that Biden's inaction during these last few weeks, just sort of seeding the playing field, you know, until today yeah. when he comes on on a kind of stilted video. You know, that's not the way to win a race in November. He's going to have to get more um, fast-footed. But I think the primary season's pretty much been finished. You know, it, it's yeah. sort of all over. But figuring out how to have a convention in the middle of a pandemic. Unbelievable. Hey, Mark Parham, are you there? Yep, I'm here, man. Yeah, I'm going to turn I, it over I, to you. for. I know you always have a, good, a great question. I, I, you know what, Kurt? I just resist. have one question, both you and John. I mean, there's so much noise out here. Where are you going to get what you consider the right information? You know, we read or do you just read everything and then 
try to filter it through your own common sense. Sure. Um, I, you know, I do read a yeah, I, I do read a lot. I mean, I'll, most of us are getting our news through apps nowadays. You know, I do get to come home uh, now more often than before, but most of the time it was listening to Sirius XM in the radio or something like that on the, in the car or, or getting it through apps or podcasts, you know, like, you know, radio like this. Um, and then you're trying to filter it out. Now, I, I admittedly, I don't listen to those stations over on Earth, too. Uh, you know, the Fox Network, because I don't have, um, I, I don't, I don't have time for, for what has turned into propaganda. And, right. and I am looking for facts. I don't mind listening to people that don't agree with me. I'm, I'm not looking right. for facts that agree with my worldview, but I am looking for facts. And so, you know, I think that when you're, you know, um, I think the major newspapers have good online presence, whether that's the New York Times or even the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post. Um, right. You know, I think that you can get a lot of good information from places like The Economist and The Guardian also, because they are headquartered outside the U.S. They tend to be a little more objective. Um, and then uh, just, you know, for local news, I think local radio is great. Um, and then there, and, uh, there are some local news apps as well that, can, that are pretty good at assembling news. All right. Good deal, Kurt. Well, hey, Kurt, well, thanks right. for answering that question. And thanks for uh, coming on the show today, giving sure. us a little insight as to what's really going on. It's so hard for us to tell. With these news clips and sound bites and things like that, so hopefully we can have you back on as we keep moving through this and absolutely, definitely, I would love to. All right, well, thanks a lot. Thanks. All right, right, brother. Thank you. Just a fact. Now, John, John, hold on a second, man. You said something you haven't said. He he said you're running for office. Let's talk about that just for a minute here. Sure. What was that about? Well, you know, you know, I talked to my wife, and after a lot of prayer with my family, so I've announced my candidacy. I'm running for Gwinnett County for a board of commissioners from District 3, uh, which includes uh, the communities of Snellville, Grayson, uh, Loganville, Decula, Brazelton, uh, and, uh, and Auburn. It's a, it's a great district, um, um, one of the most uh, uh, fastest-growing uh, communities in, in Gwinnett County. And I certainly, and certainly if I'm elected and I get to serve with Kurt, you know, my goal is to do a lot of great things on that board, you know, certainly for the good people of Gwinnett County. So just very, very excited, and uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful time to run, and we need sound and steady leadership. So uh, that's certainly my platform, uh, transportation, uh, health care, education, um, smart growth. Uh, as we grow, you know, Gwinnett County will become the number one county in Georgia by 2050, the most populous county, surpassing Fulton. So a lot of work to be done there, but it's certainly it's an honor to run, and it would be, even be more of an honor to serve. So if people want to help you with this campaign, how do they do that? Where do they go? Well, you know, they can just, you know, they can go uh, go to my website. And um, it's uh, John Moy uh, for, for Gwinnett. And All right. Just Google it, John Moy for Gwinnett. All right. All right, John, thanks for having Kurt on, man. Uh, we're going to move on through this show because I'm sure everybody wants to know how to get that money. And uh, so... Thanks for having Kurt on, and uh, we'll come back. We may need to do just your show with a number of guests because we sure. need the information that you're providing. So I appreciate okay. you, man. Thank you, All brother. Right. Thank you, Kurt. All right. It's Mark Parham, Cat Builder Talk. You heard it, Just the Facts with John Moy and Kurt Thompson. Just talking about some of the things that we need to be aware of 
I know we're worried about our health and our families, but we got to watch what's going on around us in the government. So I'm going to go to break. When I come back, I'm going to bring in Brother Lonnie Sabor, and we're going to have a conversation about funding for your business. This is Mark Parham, Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. I'll be back in a moment. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back trying to get ready for this next segment. I wanted to bring in Brother Lonnie Sabor from Invest Atlanta and talk about some of the things that are going on 
from the standpoint of disaster relief for businesses and loan funds and things like that. Lonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here, as always. You know, you know, it's uh, you, you've been on here quite a bit, and it's always about funding. But right now, funding has become very important in small businesses. I don't know if you heard Kurt just talk about some of the things that are going oh, yeah. on in the communities and things like that. And what I wanted to do was just first introduce yourself so people – I know you are, and a lot of my listeners know, but I think we have a lot of new listeners tonight just because of this topic. Why don't you introduce yourself? And let us know yes, what so you stand for. Right, Lonnie Sabor, Director of Small Business Development for Invest Atlanta. In that capacity, I'm, I'm responsible for administering several, actually about 10 revolving loan programs for the city of Atlanta, which I helped to create on behalf of the organization in the city of Atlanta. And, you know, we've been able to really do a, make a lot of difference and work with a lot of small businesses over the years. I know we've financed well over 600 businesses in the city, leverage over half a billion dollars of both public and private sector financing. And so we've been enjoying doing, doing that for, for a number of years in the city to sort of make a difference in, in the small business community in the city of Atlanta, uh, which really, uh, in the whole nation at this point, Mark, as you know, is, is facing some real challenges. I mean, challenges we've never faced before, uh, given the situation we're in now is not just dealing with business, but also dealing with our health. And anytime you you combine uh, a health issue with, with, with commerce and it's directly related to each other, you begin to see that decline. That's where we are right now in our communities all over the country and all over the world right now with this pandemic and what's happening right now. People are really just trying to find a way to make things happen and keep things going. And, and that's part of what we're, we're trying to do today. Well, you know, it's interesting because last week I started getting the information about the SBA is doing this and the SBA is doing that, but they're still putting a lot of that together. But one of the things that has come very clear to me is that, particularly with the SBA funding this relief fund, they want you working directly with the SBA. Um, right, which is kind of a switch because normally most of the people that get financing from from the SBA is going to be through through a bank. The bank, the SBA, will primarily be guaranteeing loans. Uh, there's a, there's one existing program that's around for a number of years called the SBA 504. But even with that program, you don't deal directly with SBA. You deal with, with some of the certified development corporations. So this is pretty unique. But that program, Mark, is really up and running right now. And people okay. who are uh, really uh, looking for financing and and upside down right now in the situation, they can actually go online and apply for up to officially up to two million dollars from the Small Business Administration right now. That's to the to the SBA Disaster Loan Fund. And let me just kind of give a quick shout out on that one. So that that particular fund is sba.gov/disaster. So you go online and put that in sba.gov/sba.gov/disaster. And actually apply for financing through the Small Business Administration uh, as we speak right now. So a lot of people are not aware of that. And what happened with that was when, when, when Trump, President Trump, uh, made this a national disaster for the for the for the United States of America. Uh, each each governor had the ability to actually uh, appeal to the government, federal government, for for disaster assistance. And in Georgia, Governor Kemp did that. 
and it was finalized last week. And okay. so all the businesses in, in Georgia can now approach the SBA disaster fund directly to get financing for their particular business. So I hear that these loans, they can be used to pay fixed debt, you know, debts that you have, payroll, accounting, accounts payable, and other bills that can't be paid because of the disaster's impact. And it says the interest yeah, it's, rate is... It's, it's pretty wide, but, 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 but you, can all, you can also imagine that, you know, it's a it's so severe, and this is a national type of a program, you know, that the competition is pretty steep. And I know the paperwork, although it's not as, as cumbersome as it normally would be applied for an SBA loan, it's been cut down somewhat. But there's still some things that the person has to has to be aware of when they actually apply for financing, uh, utilizing the, uh, the disaster loan fund from the, from the Small Business Administration. Uh, do we want to go and over a couple of things? Are they similar yeah, to what? Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just printed out the application again that they're using, looking at it kind of briefly here. It's pretty much geared toward existing companies, and and you could also be a sole proprietor as well, though. You could be a sole proprietor. You don't have to be incorporated per se. But the main thing you have to do with all the situation is that you have to be legitimate. You have to have your, your federal tax ID number. And you have to have your business license. And you have some form of structure. Uh, most of them are going to be dealing with partnerships, corporations, limited partners, uh, there's even some nonprofits can also I see here can also qualify for financing potentially through so this is a disaster loan fund, and they want to identify you have to identify to them exactly like what I find which I mentioned uh, briefly here in a minute uh, what what the impact of the disaster meant for you, uh, okay. what, how has that impacted your business, and so those are all things if it's property related uh, damage but most of these disaster loans will be related more to Profit than anything else, but this one because this is a very unique thing we're facing right now, and it's not so much property per se as it is everything else. You know, your sales are low, the revenue is down, uh, your 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 expenses are up. You can't pay your staff, people. You you have to lay people off, and so this fund can assist you with with all of that. But for the most part, I think if you know, a person hasn't filed their taxes and they can show they they've got taxes. They've been filing taxes and paying taxes. It puts them in a better position, of course, to be able to qualify and get financing directly through this particular program, the Disaster Business Loan Fund application for the SBA. But it would seem like you'd also have to have to show some kind of profit and loss statement to show what you were doing business-wise before this and how it's impacted right. you. Right. Yeah, so they're, they're going to ask you for your current year, year-to-date uh, profit and loss statement, okay. your, your tax return, uh, at least for the last year, sometimes two years. And they have the right to actually ask you for some additional information. When you look at the application initially, you only see about about 10, well, about 16 different items there on the application. But they say they have the right to ask you for other information if, if, if necessary once they review the first initiative information you share with them, and they've also this, this could take you about a month, thirty days to kind of hear back from them in terms of where they are with, with your particular situation, in your your application process. But uh, but I so would encourage people to apply anyway because right now you don't have it, so it's right. not going to hurt. You know, just put the time in to be able to do that. You know, so but it's not something that's going to happen quickly. I just heard you say. 
you know, basically. Right. It's, it's uh, not, not going to be, you, you put it in, you, you call the next week and say, hey, I'm looking now. It's going to be longer than that. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then also just be aware of the fact that, you know, you can imagine that there are other people, of course, other businesses applying for it too. So so they, they need some time to kind of evaluate and look at look at gotcha. the applications to see where they, where they are with everything. All right, so let's switch to a local level. You know, let's talk about uh, the loan programs that Invest Atlanta has for small businesses that they may be able to take advantage of during this time as well. Yeah, so I, 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 I stand and mention our existing programs. But I want to concentrate really today on, on on the newest program that we've actually set okay. up for times like this. So our, our existing programs range pretty much from as low as maybe 10000 to $100,000 uh, we got the the business improvement loan fund program. Now, all, all of our programs, of course, are available to businesses uh, in, located in the city of Atlanta. And so, if you if you qualify to obtain a city of Atlanta business license, you are in the city of Atlanta. Okay. And so, if you qualify for that, you can qualify potentially for all of our programs: the business improvement loan fund program, which is available to businesses in, in the city of Atlanta, and and commercial property owners in certain corridors in the city. Uh, the Phoenix Fund is citywide, up to $100,000 in that program. And the the Opportunity Loan Fund is geared towards sort of second-tier businesses, getting ready to add their management team together and that sort of thing as they kind of move forward. Uh, the Empowerment Zone, up to $50,000 in that particular program in certain corridors in the city of Atlanta. And then we've got the Atlanta Catalyst Loan Fund, which is a subsidiary from, from Amy which is an organization that was established by Best Atlanta to, to deal with the new market tax credits. And that goes up to between uh, right now between fifty dollars and $100,000 on that one. And we've got the Atlanta street vending. Any, any street vendors that might have an interest in, in trying to purchase carts through the city's planning office, uh, we have a program to assist them up to $3,000 in that financing. And uh, two, uh, two of our other programs, the Atlanta Ford Loan Fund, uh, which is geared towards facilities located in, in, in really incubator co-work space facilities and accelerators who are looking at trying to expand and grow outside the, the, what they would normally do as it relates to uh, trying to grow and expand their business. And lastly, I'd say existing programs. That they, they, oh, I got another one, too. The uh, Brownfield about the long term was used to clean, clean up certain corridor areas of businesses, business soil in the city of Atlanta, uh, to be further used to uh, help the business and location to grow and expand. And then our newest program this year is, is uh, besides the one I'm working with right now, community loan funds geared towards businesses that are actually trying to really uh, kind of pay off debt and reposition themselves cash flow-wise in the community. Uh, so these are all available right now. So now but most of the people listening to us right now might not have too much of an interest in trying to deal with these programs because they, they are uh, slow interest rates between 2 and 4%, uh, you, but you have to pay the money back. And some of the people right now that are on this call are probably facing a situation where that business was doing great in the end of 2019. Matter of fact, maybe great at the end of January and as it went into February. But now they're facing some challenges. Uh, in terms of the economy, in terms of people not socializing like we used to, not patronizing their businesses. And so, you know, uh, Mayor Kieselast Bottoms came up with an idea to really assist different phases 
of the um, Atlanta impacted community uh, uh, through the virus. And what that meant was that they, she set aside also up to 1.5 million of the 7 million to assist small businesses who might be facing some, some challenges right now in terms of being able to maintain the, 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 the lease location or paying the, the, the mortgage for the building they might actually own or keeping people employed and that sort of thing. So we, we created a program uh, which is called the Business Continuity Loan Fund. And that was a, a direct uh, need to, for us to assist the mayor in assisting the, the businesses in Atlanta who've had these problems. So I'm going to take a second to kind of to go through exactly what that program is and how to operate and what the, what the unique purpose of it was. So the purpose of the Business Continuity Loan Fund is to really provide a, a public benefit to small and local businesses engaged in trade, industry, and commerce uh, to, to address this, uh, uh, to address an economic shock, which we have right now, uh, in the business ecosystem or, or disaster areas identified by the federal government, the state of Georgia, and the city of Atlanta. And so we've got the go-ahead in terms of the federal government, the state, and the city in terms of the areas in the city of Atlanta, because the mayor designated the entire commercial district corridor in the entire city of Atlanta as being eligible for this this, this, this program. And so uh, another another point I'd make, uh, in, in the city of Atlanta, there's approximately 20,000 businesses operating in the city of Atlanta. And almost 95% have less than 50 employees and or $5,500,000 in revenue. So small businesses attract larger businesses looking for access to research and development talent and new markets. So that's what we're facing right now in terms of what the purpose of this fund is, is to assist those small businesses in the city of Atlanta that need help. Now, so we also want to ensure the viability of businesses in the city of Atlanta to, 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 to in the wake of what's happening right now in our community. And we want to ensure businesses can sustain their employee base uh, in some form of operations during periods of economic distress at the same time, we want to address the lack of working capital and cash flows as a result of the reduction of the, of the consumer demand or the ability of to fulfill product or service orders. That's the whole, whole purpose of this particular fund. Now, getting to the, the loan amount, uh, right now we're looking at finance, making finance available per business between five and $30,000. Okay. All right. It's a, it's a direct loan with a six to 12 month deferment. Because like, like I think one of my uh, other guests was saying said earlier, it, it doesn't do us a good to give you a, a regular loan at prime plus five, 8% when, when you're struggling and your money is low. Right, right, so we're talking right. about deferring payments for really up to a year. We figure wow. in six months to a year, you know, hopefully the economy and everything will be back in pretty good shape. You know, so we built that in terms of what we're trying to do. And then we can we can do the loan maturity mark up to up to five years. Wow. So you got you got up to thirty thousand dollars deferred for six months to a year and you can pay it back at at, at five years. But of course of course there's no prepayment penalty at all. Uh, but we but we said well we said well that's not good enough. We put let's put the icing on the cake. So the interest rate is zero percent. 
<laughs> okay. Be that is some icing. No, that, no. that, that is icy. <laughs> right, 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 right. Wow. So how do people find out about it? Where, where do they go to find out more about these loans? Yeah, what they can do, they, they, they can go to our website, which is www.investatlanta.com. When you go to the site, you see a little section to the right that says emergency funds for businesses. And you hit the bottom, the button that says learn more. Then when you open that, that site up, Mark, uh, you, you, you see five steps in the process. Uh, the first one is look at that frequently asked questions section. And the second thing is to and, and pay close attention to this one. Uh, I did I did a just a little, little less than 12-minute uh, webinar where I walked the, walked the person through the whole application process, tell them exactly okay. what they need to do, how to do it, uh, how to fill out the forms. And we've also included uh, three of our forms that we require you to give us can be downloaded as well from our website at the same time. So wow. but what I found out, we just launched this program in, in, in this past Friday, but some of the applications that have come in, we got to hold on to them because they're, they've been incomplete. Okay. Right? So the whole purpose of the webinar is to show people exactly what we need to get from them to say we got we got a completed uh, application. Let's go go ahead and process through our committee to get it approved. And so, so the people who are listening right now, they have they still have an opportunity, of course, to get their application in for us to us to make a, make financing for their business. So, at this point, we don't really have any because we just opened it up Friday. Okay. No applications approved. So the whole 1.5 million dollars is still available to come as as uh, come as you as you do first basis to get the financing. All right. So um, you used to have monthly workshops on the loans. Are you guys going to switch those to virtual, or what are you going to be doing yeah, with what, that? What we, what, right. What we're doing right now. I, I did so. I did a webinar before. Our regular programs I mentioned earlier, and I first started talking about our program. So that that's been updated too to include all of our programs, and we're directing people to that particular webinar right now, as well as this one here. This is a webinar here as well, of course, too. So, so until things kind of get, you know get changed, and and I, I you know on that stuff, I've been hearing some things about they got some things planned to kind of make some changes, and that's so I don't know where that is. I know there's been some talk about well. We gotta find some way to stimulate the, the ecosystem, the economy again. What can we do? So maybe they, they they're looking at ways that we can maybe people who are less impacted by this virus can get back into the work world. I've been mean, talking about that. I don't know if that's gonna pass. I don't know if people say, hey, I don't know about that. Because now you know, everybody tell us that. Hey, don't 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 get within six feet of me. Stay away. And all that kind of stuff. And, and now now they don't want us to get back in there. The percentage of people dying is low, you could still be in that number to go. Right. So, you know so what I mean? It's, you, it's, no, it's, no, it's no guarantee on that. Until we kind of, I think until our, you know, our medical industry and our specialists get, get more into what's happening with that particular virus, I think we'll feel more comfortable with things once we kind of figure out exactly what's going on and how we can we can keep ourselves safe. 
So, so the loan program that you just mentioned are all for city of Atlanta only. Right, all for the city of Atlanta. Right. Okay. Now, now what you can do now we now a lot of people expand to this. a lot of people might be in Decatur and College Park and they're looking at having a satellite office, especially once all this kind of rolls over in terms of all the problems we have right now. And so I, I encourage people to expand. Look at look at a second location, a third location in the All city right. of Atlanta. So when it comes right. when it comes to city related financing and small businesses, there's 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 no comparison to what Investor Land and the City of Atlanta offers the small business community. Uh, in addition to what the regular uh, sources of financing are available. Now the main reason why we can do what we do, Mark, is because. Since I've been running this, these programs, all the money we've ever gotten has been money that's in the form of a grant to us. Okay. So we can determine to be flexible. So that's why interest rates are low. Like I mentioned, okay. 2%, 3%. This one here, 0%. Because this was general fund money, your tax money that was given to the city, that the city of Atlanta said, we want to assist people in need in our business community, establish this fund. And we set the parameters up that we thought would be more, much more palatable and suitable to assist the, 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 the small businesses in the city of Atlanta. And that's why we made a 0% interest rate. So oh. we, 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 I, we always say two things. You know, our payback to us is, number one, you staying in business. And number two, you stand, you're paying us back. There you go. So if you can stay in business and pay us back, we're partners with you. We want you to we give them a low interest. We want you to stay in business. We want you to be around. Right, you know? right. So tell you me this. Look, Mark, you pay us back. I can help your brother and your sister. All right. Uh, all your, right. Auntie, your auntie and your uncle. And, and just for <laughs> clarity, we the, S- money. the SBA money is for all counties, not just city of Atlanta. That's for right, Georgia. Right. So the, SBA money, the SBA money is national. Okay. As, as, long, right. as, as long as you have a you have a, a, a program approved by the federal government and the governor of that state, you can access the SBA disaster loan fund money. All right, man. Well, I'm going to put out your content. I'm going to put out that video because people need to take advantage of this with a quickness, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, tell people to spread, spread spread the word. I mean, once the word gets right. out, you know. It's out. All right. So, right. so I, I want everybody to be the first in line to be able to be aware right. of this to apply for the finance. All right. All right, Brother Lonnie, thanks for stepping in, giving us a little information. And I'll make sure we get those videos and everything out so we can help people get access to this money. I appreciate you, Mark. Keep doing the good right, work you're doing. All right, man. All right. Talk to you later. Well, you heard it from Lonnie Sabor. As I said, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm sure we could have got a lot deeper, but I just wanted to give you the basic information. You got to go to the SBA to get the SBA money, but the city of Atlanta also has a lot of other programs that you need to take advantage. So I say go for all of it. So I'm going to go to break. When I come back, we'll bring in Kevin C. Fry. He's going to tell us how to explode your business in 2020. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. 
That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who had to be independent and take initiative. And that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people. Talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. This is Mark Parham, and I'm back. You know, the third question I've been getting a lot of, people are coming to me going, well, what do I need to do online? How do I need to blow myself up? So I got the one and only Kevin C. Pride. He's the CEO of the Fluid 365, man. What's going on? How you doing this evening? <laughs> How you doing today, man? I'm doing you know, good. It's, doing it's good. funny. I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm getting that same question from everybody asking me that same exact thing. What should we be doing now? What should we be doing now? So, uh, well, let, let's talk it, about it, it for a minute. First, introduce yourself so everybody knows. I was going to give you some kudos there, but I'll introduce yourself. Let everybody know who you no, are. You go, you go ahead and give them to me. Though. <laughs> I'm just going to say you're the, you're the publisher of a. Uh, uh, Influencer 365 is a digital media strategy and content production company. You're also publisher of the ABJ Digital. You know, I mean, so you're in this space. So I think that's why I was so excited to be able to get you on tonight to talk about some of the questions that you're getting, some of the questions that I'm getting, and what do people need to start thinking about in order to, you know, try to move themselves forward in this whole digital world since everything is. Man, they had a party last night on Instagram on digital, you know. So, uh, yeah. with, with that said, go ahead uh, talk about who you are and what we can do to try to help people. No, I, I think well, number one, I am. I've, I've been in the digital marketing world way before it was even called digital marketing. I remember when they first came up, friends like, "Wow, I got a job title now." But uh, I've been in this space for a very long time, and I've and I've seen a lot of a lot of these you know different uh, things come about. Uh, this one now is it's it's a little crazy what's going on because we've never seen the the economy get shut down the way it's being shut down, uh, especially when you start talking about you know local businesses and and real brick and mortar businesses and stuff like this. But one thing <clears throat> that I always try to get across to people: number one, this is temporary; it's not going to last long, and we're going to bounce back. And I think with this type of uh, shutdown in our economy, we're going to bounce back very fast and we're going to bounce back very strong because you're going to have a real big pent-up demand. And I hate to quote our president, but you're going to see that big pent-up demand get released as soon as they say go. You can get back out here and do what you've been doing. Then you're going to mm-hmm. see people flooding back to these businesses and, and bars and everything else. But in the meantime, you know, online right now, we're seeing a huge surge of traffic online. Like now you're starting to see uh, traffic at least 50% higher than what it normally is. People are gravitating back. They're going looking at websites again. Social media is is uh, almost being shut down with the amount of traffic that they're seeing, news sites and, and everything else. So now is really that time to rub up your marketing plans more so than anything. This is not the time to go, you know, hide or, or run away or you know try to uh, <clears throat> try to hoard cash or anything like that. You need to be looking to actually get out here and really advertise because all our advertising products. Right now are working. Display ads are working. Search ads are working. Uh, social media advertising is working. It's just about getting your funnel together at this point and having a team that knows how to read that data and make these successful. So what happens? I mean, you say 
get out there, but what, what does that really mean? Do I just get up in the morning and start posting? And I see everybody doing Facebook Lives now, preaching and doing all kind of stuff. What do I do to cut all this you know, noise? We we have to make these broad generalized statements because there is no one size fits all type strategy. Okay. And, I, and I wish it was, and I wish I could tell everybody, hey, go post this on Facebook, send this in an email, send them to this landing page, and I promise you, you're gonna be a millionaire. That doesn't work for everybody. It works for a lot okay. of people, but it doesn't work mm-hmm. for everybody. So uh, one of the biggest things that you have to do is you need to look at your own products, your own services, and think, you know, how can I reach people online? What what how how is it that if I'm a speaker or if I'm uh, uh, I'm an author or something, how can I reach people online and get them to listen to my content or get them to read my books or get them to actually purchase it? What can I offer people to get their information? What can I put in front of people that actually makes them want to buy? See, the beautiful thing about this day and age is we can actually look at the numbers and we can look at the data and we can actually tell you, you know, even by looking at your own audience. If you got one sale, I can tell you how to get 10 more, you know. <laughs> but you got to be able to dig through that data. You got to be able to dig through that data and really find out, you know, this is what your customers are into. I know this is what you think your target market is, but this is really where your target market is. This is where they where they really start to take action when they see this type of content or when they see, you know, this type of post or when you're sending these type of emails. This is what forces that action, and we have the ability to see that that information in real time now. But you gotta you gotta know what you're looking at, and and I would love to, uh, you know. Let everybody just think that oh I can do this too. Unfortunately, it's one of those type of things. At this point, you can't because it's it's become that complicated. But gotcha. you can win, especially okay. especially and, and this is this is the laughable part about it. There's no reason for anyone to fail anymore. There's not. We can actually look wow. in real time and see exactly what's going on with your whole system and say you need to fix this. You need to fix this. You need wow. to fix this. And then and we actually see things turn around for somebody. You know. Well, you you held a you held a workshop a few weeks ago on explode your business in 2020. It was a great workshop. Let's talk about what happens in one of your workshops like that. That was just a two hour one, but what kind of things did you go over in that workshop? And that one, we we that the explode workshop. You this is the, the funny thing about workshops. When, especially when you when you first get started, you never know who's going to show up. And I tried to make sure that. Uh, we're always giving out information that's relevant to the crowds that's, that's there. I mean, talking about, you know, high-level finance to a bunch of, you know, young, new entrepreneurs, it's not going to benefit them. But right. talking to them about, hey, this is how you can build your product and go advertise your product to get a customer, that does. So what we try to do with the Explode Workshop, number one, we, we try to craft it to our crowd, number one. And then number two, we try to make sure that we're giving actionable information on what you need to be doing to really set yourself apart set yourself apart in the marketplace and really put yourself out there the way you need to be. This one, uh, the explosion is really a more so designed to talk about personal branding, how you can brand yourself. It is my okay. personal belief that branding someone versus branding a business or something, branding someone is a lot more powerful than branding that business. Because if I brand you, you can take that branding anywhere and be successful. If I brand your business, one thing wrong in that business, then we got to start all over. So, <laughs> but we talk about things like. Go ahead, because you know I, you know I stay excited. So <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but the thing in. is, well, you did such a good job because when we were finishing, there were people lining up to sign up for your your coaching programs and things like that. So I mean, so how do you help people 
you know, navigate through all of this. You know, it, it, it's funny. I I I sit down and, and it's almost like a, a visit with a doctor. We have to mm-hmm. we have to kind of go through it all. Uh, once we get you started, we get you in the program. We we really start to dig into all your data. We start to see what your your Facebook looks like, your LinkedIn, your website, uh, any other articles with your reputation online. We we really start to look at everything about this individual and see what we need to fix and what what they need help with. Because a lot of people, it's not necessarily that they don't know what to do. Is they don't have mm-hmm. enough people looking at it, or some gotcha. people have got the attention but don't know what to do with it. So you know we have to kind of diagnose what the issue is, and then. Uh, we, we put in a strategy to fix it, and then we hold your hand the whole way to get you there, and we hold you accountable the whole way to get you there. What, what do you mean hold me accountable? What what, what that mean? How could you just, I can't get to you. Because okay. this, is, this is my thing, and, and I don't want to hear nobody else repeat this, but this is my thing. Action is power. Knowledge is information. So I'm going to hold you accountable. I can tell you all day long what you need to do, but are you going to do it? Because it's the action that's going to change something in your life. Not knowing that you need to do it, but actually doing it is what's going to change something. And we're going to make sure that you do it. Well, see, that's, that's critical right there because we try to help so many people and give them the right information, but they never go do anything with it. And uh, Exactly. But, you know, but the big thing is, so many people are afraid of social media. Oh, it seems it takes up so much time and things like this. But you, what you're saying is, you need to take the time to make it, it happen. It does, but you also have to you you also have to look at it like this. And, and I look at, at at opportunity cost and opportunity loss. So if I can spend an hour a day and get in front of a thousand new people, okay, <laughs> and out of that one thousand people. Two people become my customer at $500 a month. That's life-changing money to me. That's $1,000 a month extra. That's $12,000 a year just for me spending an hour a day. So it's worth it. But if if you're looking at it from the sense of, well, I'm just getting one like or I'm just getting two likes or, you know, if you're looking at it from the standpoint of getting attention versus getting customers, then, yes, it can be a waste of time. But if you're actually putting out content that's designed to turn followers into buyers and buyers into lifetime clients, then no, it's a valuable time that you need to spend. Wow, I mean, and right now it seems like the time to do it because there's so much noise out there. You're gonna have to figure a way how to cut through all of it. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 look at what you're doing. Like, this is the time. Number one, you need to make sure that you are staying tight with your existing audience and your existing uh, customers and your existing clients. So you need to be reaching out to them, reassuring them, hey, we're going to be fine through this crisis. We're going to be here with you through this crisis. Then the next step, you need to be figuring out some type of way to start drawing in some new people into your system because once we do get past this and people are ready to spend money again, you need a fresh new line of prospects to go sell services to and not think that you're going to get everything that you had in the pipeline back in January. So, you know, gotcha. you need to be working right now and taking advantage of this time that people don't learn. So I heard somebody say last week, you need to go into beast mode, as they say. You need to really get it in. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So and, I, and you do. Like, fix your systems, fix your email, put the automation in place, and, and, and don't worry. If you don't want to do it, we do it all for you. <laughs> but this is the time to put those systems in place and really get your get your thing together. Your, your email system needs to be tight. Your automation needs to be tight. We we talking chatbots these days and funnel systems and, and all kind of stuff that we're doing online to, to really help these clients grow. So, you know, this is the time to really put together 
something and actually do it and start to manage it and start to work it while you're at home and you've got the time to do it. So tell me this. Are you going to be putting out some some webinars and some uh, uh, virtual content for, I don't know, maybe you can do that Explode 2020 again as a webinar so people can find out about personal branding. So you got some things coming up over the next few weeks that people are going to be able to check you out. So what I am putting together secretly, now i got to tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> what we're putting together is a four-part webinar uh, that will go through mostly, mostly it will go through a lot of the stuff that we talked about in the Explode uh, workshop, but it's also going to talk about a lot of the things that you need to be doing as far as getting through this coronavirus and getting through uh, the next six months of your business because there's going to be a period of no growth, slow growth, and then a lot of growth, and you need to be able to manage that all the way through. And we're going to talk about that in uh, one of the webinars that we're going to be doing as well. So, so, so I had to make you leak it out. Uh, so, <laughs> I know, right? So I'm not ready to put it out yet. Man, yeah, well, we can. So how do people catch up with you if they want to get a consultation or discuss where they're at and how they can grow? Well, just because it is in such a high demand for, you know, people in our field right the second for what we're doing, uh, I went ahead, uh, if you go to kevincpride.com, as soon as you get there to the website, first button says book an appointment. If you click that, I put a free 30-minute consultation on there. It'll put you right to my schedule. Uh, it'll be a virtual uh, consultation. We can do it via video or do it either uh, over the phone. But kevincpride.com, hit that book an appointment button, and that'll put you on my schedule. We can sit down, we can talk, we'll find out about your pain points, we'll figure out what we need to do to get you going. All right, man. Well, thanks. I know you was feeling a little under the weather today, but I, you must have drank that therapy. It's allergies, or dog. I had to keep telling <laughs> you. I had to keep telling you. It's allergies. Not, right. I ain't got no coronavirus. And no it's allergies. But. All right, man. All right, Kevin, man. Thanks for coming out giving us a bit of information on how to explode yourself. I'll be putting out your content and your links so that people can go check you out and schedule a, schedule a call with you, man. So we're going to be working together. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. man. We're going to work together to make this happen, though. Oh, yeah. All right. Just take it easy, man. All right, man. All right. So you heard it tonight. I know there's more information you want. I know there's more information you need. And I'm going to start bringing it to you, as I said. I'm doing this once a week. Probably going to start doing it more because I have a lot of people with a lot of good information. I got today, I had a conversation with Corey Henry. You know, he's been on the show a couple of times talking about opportunity zones. He says this is the time. So I got to get him back on to explain what that time is. So you listen to Mark Parham, Camp Builder Talk Radio Show. And as I say every show, I look forward to our next encounter. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Capital Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash cap builder talk 
We hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> 